0: Hello and welcome to the parish podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them They came and filled both boats, so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. In the early 1990s, I was living in Los Angeles and I had been dating a young lady that I hoped to propose to in the not too distant future. When we got to the point where we were seriously talking about marriage, she says, wait, before we talk about marriage, we both need to consider the possibility of religious life. This was not the response I wanted to hear. And I was profoundly disappointed, but decided to do some investigating anyways. I visited several religious communities around the country, and there were two in particular that I visited one winter. The first was in the Northwest of the United States. It was very beautiful and comfortable. It had the feel of a social club where men might come in from the hunt to a roaring fireplace to smoke cigars and drink whiskey. It had all the human elements one might desire in a seminary experience. But after spending a few days there, I realized it wasn't quite what I was looking for and not all of the men seemed to be completely devoted to their vocation. This heightened my interest, but I knew that was not the place for me. I ended up visiting another cloistered community in New England. They were very poor, there was no heating, and the sun never shined the week that I was there. I was immediately put to work shoveling snow and mopping floors. We had adoration throughout the night, and the food was almost non-existent. I came away from that week on fire for my vocation and immediately began giving away all of my possessions so that I could begin a new chapter in my life. In my heart, I felt that I had found God. One of the lessons I learned during those few weeks is that pampering in comfort really doesn't inspire, but generosity does. Each of today's readings began with men who had life-changing encounters with God. Every authentic encounter with God has two characteristics. First, we experience the Lord's extraordinary majesty and holiness, very much like Isaiah in the first reading. When illuminated by the light of God's holiness, we simultaneously recognize just how weak and sinful we really are, much like St. Peter who asked Christ to depart from him because he was a sinful man. Finally, every authentic encounter with God prompts us to give up everything for the sake of the Creator. It's not possible, however, to enthusiastically embrace God's will without being purified from any sin or attachment to earthly things, as when the angel touched Isaiah's lips with a burning coal and said, see, your wickedness is removed your sin is purged. I think this is the crux of today's readings. Has our wickedness been purged? Something to consider is, why don't we seem to bear more fruit spiritually? Many of us go to church each week, but the experience may have very little impact on us. We sit in the pews, listen to the homily, receive communion, and rush back to our ordinary lives but has anything really changed? Even though we look upon God himself in the Eucharist, his majesty and power are hardly experienced sometimes. No thought of repentance may come to mind and we may remain rather uninspired and stagnant. Like the Egyptian gods that have eyes but do not see and ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell it is possible to step into the presence of God and see nothing more than simple bread and wine. This begs the question, has our own wickedness been purged? We come here every week and we look upon God himself. Yet how many of us are moved to action in any manner? That wickedness could be actual sinful behaviors But another possibility is that it is rather attachment to material goods and comforts that I'm reluctant to give up. This is the opposite of purification, but instead insulates us against the action of God's grace in our lives. We can't hear his call because there are too many material things calling our attention. As a deacon, I have to ask people frequently, when was the last time you went to confession? And usually the answer is at least 10 or 15 years, sometimes more often. But if we don't feel the need to confess as Peter did, it is a sign that there is no true encounter with Christ. The heart of confession is understanding exactly who I am and where I stand with God. Something I find incredible about the first reading is that Isaiah jumped at the opportunity to serve the Lord without delay. He shouted out, here I am, almost as if he was being overlooked and had to get God's attention. Similarly, when Christ called Peter, James, and John to follow him, they dropped everything immediately to follow him. When we truly see God, it transforms us. Peter begrudgingly allowed Jesus to preach from his boat, and look at how extraordinarily fruitful he became given minimal cooperation. God's grace wasn't hindered in the least by Peter's reluctance or sinfulness. Oftentimes in life, it seems like Christ asks us for more than we are capable of giving. And sometimes that's true. But the only reason why he is able to ask for more than we are able to give is because he makes up the difference. A boy gives him a few loaves of bread and dry fish, but Jesus turns it into a feast for thousands. One young man accepts the call to the priesthood, and countless numbers are saved. Just like Peter, our sinfulness is not an obstacle to the effectiveness of God's grace, but he does require our cooperation. Jesus was able to work many great miracles through Peter, and yet we can be sure he was a sinner up until his final breath. Christ just needs our collaboration. In your name, I will cast out the nets. The magnitude of Christ's miracle is far greater than anything the apostles expected. There is an opportunity for all of us here to go out into the deep water, as Christ put it, and lower the nets for a catch. It wasn't enough for Jesus to send Peter a large catch. As a sign of his blessings, The catch was so huge, it nearly sank the boats. Finally, it is important to remember that because of baptism, all of us are called to serve the church in one manner or another. For the young men and women who may be thinking about a vocation, I would suggest that you take a chance and see what God has planned for you. You will never regret being generous with God. For those of us who have already found our vocations, it is still important to consider in what ways we are called to serve the church. Perhaps through teaching CCE or becoming a sponsor couple for the marriage ministry. Very soon the DSF campaign will begin. And this would be another important campaign to consider supporting if you're able. Even if it's only $5, even the smallest contribution can be multiplied by Christ. St. Anthony of Padua.